Hour two of the crew, we're back on the air for you. It's 5.13 on the East Coast, and it's Friday, fun Friday, on the Friday through on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. I'm Alex Carbonati, Jake Maystel, John Hartnett, Brett Hahn, the coach. We're all here for you as we still have plenty of more time to go on this Friday crew on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. Rutgers men's soccer today at 12 Eastern. Uh, this afternoon rang the bell at Old Queens on College Ave. What does that mean? When a team, any person, any group has a monumentous and and accomplishes a very important uh, moment or acclamation or what have you, they have the privilege of ringing the old bell at Queens so the entire university can recognize what they've done. Rutgers men's soccer won the Big Ten championship on on Sunday, November 13th at your sack field when they downed the Indiana Hoosiers 3-1. to one. That victory not only put Rutgers men's soccer in the history books for winning their first ever Big Ten title, but that is the first ever Big Ten championship for any men's program at Rutgers University since Rutgers joined the conference almost one decade ago. I I, I had the privilege of being there covering the events, and I, I had some interviews with some players. Here's Kieran Dalton, the starting goalie, the freshman stud who took over the nod and was a key contributor of this remarkable run. Here's Kieran Dalton. Alice Carbonati of WRSU standing by with freshman goalkeeper Kieran Dalton, the starting nod. He got multiple games, especially in that Big Ten title game, where Rutgers beat Indiana 3-1 to on November 13th at your sack field. Kieran, he stands by with me right now. How are you, Kieran? I'm uh, doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be here and happy to talk to you again. It's always a pleasure. Well, my friend, this day, today, December 2nd, you're about to ring the bell of Old Queens. What does that mean? Yeah. That means it's going to be a mo- monumentous moment that has happened at Rutgers University. The fact that this is happening today and what you guys did to win a Big Ten championship, what does all this mean for you, especially as a freshman? Yeah, no, I'm just honored. It was obviously a huge goal for me coming here to win a Big Ten championship. I didn't expect it to be this quick, but it feels great. And now we just got to keep going and hopefully win a few more. Altogether, you know, there was there was a big goalie battle. You and, and Ari Briscoe were battling things out for the majority of the season. In the final third of the season, especially in the Big Ten tournament, you took over the starting knot. How did you do that as a freshman to lead this team to where it went? Yeah, it was a lot of work. Obviously, just going in every day, uh, competing against Ari is my good friend. It's just... Just when someone good is next to you, it makes you play better. So I just clicked. I was playing good when I went in and felt confident and got got the job done. Absolutely. Again, you're a freshman. You come in here, and your play was absolutely electric. How do you do that in such a big stage? And the way you played, Kieran, play like you're here for three, four, five years maybe. How does a freshman get so much versatility and so much much experience, per se, in such a short period of time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like growing up, I played in a lot of big games with Red Bulls Academy and PDA playing in the, the national playoffs just probably six months ago so I had I had a little bit of experience and then just uh, each game I get a little more confident and I just felt great going out there and just knew I could get it done. How was this Big Ten run for you specifically a foretaste of what we could see for you not just next season but for the rest of your time at Rutgers? Yeah no we have a lot of great players here I'm really happy with where we're at obviously uh, hopefully we're bringing in a few good players next year and just just keep going. If you were, could define this season in one word what's that word? Uh, I think historic historic okay. for sure first team to win a First men's team to win a Big Ten, it feels great, but I want to win a couple more, too. When you go ring that bell, what's going to happen in that room when you ring that bell? What will go through your mind? Yeah, no, I'm just honored. I'm just honored because I know we get to write our names on it as well, which is 
he said it's been around for like 150 years, yeah. so it's just really historic and it feels awesome. When it comes to a precedent you set, this team set, what is that exactly? It's just like, it's just family. Like we were just, even off the field, we were all great friends and I think that led to our success on the field as well. My friend, this is where the fun begins. Thanks sure. so much for your time. Thank Kieran you for Dalton, having me. starting goalkeeper for Rutgers men's soccer, Big Ten champs of the Rutgers men's soccer team. Kieran, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. So that, so, so that was Kieran Dalton. We also heard from Ula Malin. He scored the game-winning goal, a historic goal he scored, Olympico-style, to put Rutgers ahead in the Big Ten title game on November 13th. That was a go-ahead strike to make it 2-1. to one. Rutgers, of course, all together won that matchup 3-1. to one. Here's Ula Malin here at uh, the Old Queens. Alice Carbonati of WRSU with Ula Malin. He scored the game-winning goal in the Big Ten Championship game for Rutgers men's soccer. The Scarlet Knights on November 13th downed Indiana 3-1 at Yersack Field to win its first-ever Big Ten title and the first-ever Big Ten Championship for any men's sport at Rutgers University. Ula, my friend, how are you, sir? I'm really good. How are you? Again, I'm okay. You're doing much better. You're you're a Big Ten champ. You, you just rang the bell here today at Old mm -hmm. Queens, and a lot of history has just been made in the in the last few weeks. Walk me through all of it. Well, obviously, it's crazy that we won the Big Ten uh, final, and to have it at home with so many people around, over 4,000 people there, and then scoring the game-winning goal, that was just an amazing feeling. And then uh, we go into the NCAA tournament. We didn't get the result that we hoped on in the first game, but uh, overall it was a really good season. Take me through that goal, because that was a remarkable goal, Olympico style, yeah, all the way from the left corner, the corral in to get that go-ahead strike. How'd you pull that off? I think the, the wind helped me a lot, <laughs> for sure. I was just trying to get the ball in the back foot space, and the wind helped it right in the top corner, so that was crazy. I've never scored a goal like that. Not just the goal like that, but the flip was much better. How are you able to time that flip and that celebration? No, it's just something I've always known how to do, so it was kind of it just comes natural to me. And I just yeah. He's a soccer player and an acrobat at heart at the same time. We look at again this team, Ula, and just so much history altogether. The Big Ten Championship. So many players have been here for three, four, five years. You're a junior, uh, you know, for this run. What does it show about the overall experience on this team to go through the hard times and to build up great moments like this to really succeed where it matters? Honestly, we we didn't play amazing the whole season. We started rough with a our second game of the season. We played Creighton, lost six to one team was kind of down but we recovered really well and everyone wanted to do better because that was just not good enough and we we did we ended with a great season and yeah it was, it was amazing what does that show about about the versatility and the overall you know patience and conditioning of this team your season okay back and forth to start but in october november especially the pedal went towards the metal and the job got done we we just kept going by Everyone on the team just loves the sport, so we just kept playing, doing our best in every practice, and trying our best in every game, and it it worked for us. Yeah. Take me through the through through the locker room of this team. So many guys, like I mentioned, older, younger, some in between. What's the locker room like in and out for this team? I think everyone just their everyone's personalities fit really well with each other. There is no like, no one doesn't like each other. Everyone likes each other. It's just. It's just fun to be in the locker room. Again, three years in, at least one more for you. How is this a start and a foretaste for your career at Rutgers? 
I mean, the first two years I was here wasn't great. We finished like fifth in the in the Big Ten Conference, and we lost. We went out the first round in the Big Ten tournament both times. So it is a it's a it's a lot different to win the Big Ten championship at home. If you can describe this season in one word, what is it? Uh, amazing. And why is that? Because we won the Big Ten championship. <laughs> He's simple and short. Fair enough. Ula Malin. Historic goal he scored on November 13th. That put Rutgers ahead in the Big Ten title game. They won 3-1 to one versus Indiana. From that moment on, Rutgers made history. They're Big Ten champs. And this will be remembered for a lifetime. Ula Malin, thanks so much. Thank you. So that was Ula Malin. One more for you. Tom DeVizio, fifth-year senior. Been here before and during the reign of Jim McEldry as the head coach. Tom DeVizio, fifth-year senior. Definitely riding out in the sunset with this championship. And for him and this team, it's a big moment, especially for Tom DeVizio. Here's Tom DeVizio at Old Queens today talking with me about this run and his career at Rutgers. Alex Corcoran, he's a long-time senior, Tom DiVizio of Rutgers Men's Soccer. In his fifth season, he wins the Big Ten Championship, and he goes out riding in the sunset with this title. Tom, how are you, sir? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm okay. You're better than me, obviously, yeah, right now. You're a Big Ten Champion. I guess I'm awesome. <laughs> You'll be getting some rings soon, hopefully sooner than later, but in your fifth year here at Rutgers, you've been here for a long time, or with, with Coach Jim McKeldry. How would you describe your Rutgers experience and what makes this fifth year so special for you? Yeah, you know, obviously when I was a when I was a freshman, things were different here. Obviously, different coaching staff, different facilities, different everything. And you know, year by year, Rutgers has just been getting better in every single position, coaching facilities, just every, everybody around us helping us. And you know, I when I when I heard I can finish my fifth year, you know, I immediately said I wanted to because I knew we were going to do big things this year, and and we did. You know, happy I came back, and I guess say I came back in one ring, and I was better than that. Not just that, you were a captain on this team. What made you become that captain? How are you How are you able to grow in that leadership position and lead the team to what it did? Yeah, I mean, last year my my first year being you know a captain, I kind of I've been a captain in, on previous teams, but you know, I was kind of learning my role here at Rutgers and kind of you know growing into it. And I think this year. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of found my place, and I kind of, you know, realized what what it takes to be a leader and help the team, you know, get to the get to the next level. Which for us was winning a ring and getting to the back in the NCAA tournament. You know, we did that, so you know, I'm I'm happy with you know our team and you know just excited for the future for us. You have been through it all—the ups, the downs, the not so great, the great moments. Of course, now this season especially. How does the team like Rutgers in Big Ten play transition, grow, and develop into what it became this season? Yeah, well, you know, we say we say all the time Rutgers has so much history, but how could we, you know, write our own history this year? So, you know, we think that you know, Rutgers should be a top program in, in every single sport, and obviously, in, in all sports, Rutgers is getting better and better each year. But for soccer, you know, it's it's, it's we have everything here. It, it, we should be a, you know, NCAA tournament uh, contender each year. We should be, you know, thinking about, we should have high standards each year because that's what Rutgers deserves and that's what Rutgers should get. Men's soccer, Big Ten champs. Men's lacrosse, always competitive. Men's basketball, same exact thing. Football, very competitive in a, in a very hard Big Ten conference. Yeah. What is your example of being the first men's Big Ten champion? What does that show for Rutgers sports up together here? You know, it means so much. Obviously, the year that Rutgers had this year with, you know, three, three championships, that's just, that's just crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, being the first men's program, that's, that's just a great history, and I think that 
I think that's some history that that's going to be uh, that's going to be looked at for us. And you know, again, we're just all super happy, and you know, we're glad we were, we, we were the first team to accomplish that. If I look back, I look at Tom DeVito, I see that name. How should I describe Tom DeVito? Uh, just describe Tom DeVito as you know a person who works extremely hard and a person who you know helps others on and off the field. Tom, thanks so much for your time, long-time senior Big Ten champion. Tom DeVizio joining me here as the Rutgers men's soccer team, the Big Ten champs, and they're ringing the bell of old queens here on College Dance today. So that was Tom DeVizio, fifth-year senior. It's been a while for Tommy Boy, but he got the deed done in his final stint, and he'll be going out very happy when he becomes an alum for Rutgers men's soccer and for Rutgers altogether. Scarlet Knights ringing the bell at Old Queens today, putting their name in the edge of history this afternoon, December 2nd, 2022, due to their historic Big Ten title victory back on November 13th when Rutgers owned Indiana 3-1. to in the Big Ten title game at Irsac Field. With that, we'll step aside. We'll take a break. We'll wrap things up with some NFL talk on this Friday crew. Keep it tuned on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. Who loves you, baby? Rutgers definitely loves you a lot. Welcome back to the Friday Crew on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. Good old Telly Savalas, Kojak. We're back here on the crew. It's about 5.30, almost I was there. hoping you were going to play some Aerosmith there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think I'm an Aerosmith guy? Definitely. No. Definitely, I could say it. No, no. Kojak. Sweet, sweet emotions, oh, your favorite in. song, right? Oh, come on, man. I know you. I know, sweet. I know you. You don't want to miss a thing. No. 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 Don't want to close my... Okay. Oh, my. (laughs) So, football on this fun Friday crew, gentlemen. That's right. We got a few questions. We do. I've got a question. Dino. I may have an answer for you. Yes, John raised his hand. You may ask your question. Thank you. Who is starting uh, in the quarterback hole for the Jets this week? Oh, uh, this week is Mike White. Mike White. Mm-hmm. Backups Joe Flacco has already announced that Zach Wilson would be inactive again. Okay, but you the know, future. if there's a potential playoff, push. I think, I think, uh, and I don't think this is ra- too rash to say. I know, Co- I know, Robert Sala has been saying the plan is for Zach Wilson to take a quote-unquote leave of absence to work on his mechanics, and he'll hopefully play again at some point this season. However. Mm-hmm. I think that's professional mumbo jumbo to basically say you stink, and Mike White is going to be your guy until further notice. I don't disagree I with don't disagree that at all. At the same time, let's say Mike White lays a bad egg. I'll put it that way. Let's say he lays a bad egg. Things don't work out well, and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is not going to be your guy if Mike White goes down or Mike White doesn't perform well. Zach Wilson, they'll... He'll get the chance before Zach comes back. He might get the chance before Zach Wilson. He might, but that's still not guaranteed. I say that because Zach Wilson is still, and say whatever you want about him, he is the number one guy. Technically, he's the number... Technically. Technically, he's the number one quarterback. Technically, I just do, I just want to I just want to point out there's the most investment. I I just want to point out. Do I do I agree with that? Probably not. But mm. technically, on the roster, he is the number one guy. Correct? Technically, yeah. But being a season depth chart, yes. When when you look at and 
And again, Mike White could be great. He could not do so well. He might get hurt, God forbid. Who knows? My thing is, it depends how Mike White does. And I would not rule out Zach Wilson completely. It depends how the Jets respond, not just this week, but the next few weeks. Because they have Minnesota. I think they play Detroit upcoming, too. I'm not sure who else they're playing the the, the rest of the way. but they, they play Buffalo again. Oh, do they? And Ugh. I believe they play Dang. Miami again. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they play both. Actually, um, that... Uh, they have one other. The order right? of the games, they're playing Minnesota Sunday. Um, or no, I'm sorry. They're, yeah, they're playing Minnesota. Then, then they're playing Buffalo at Buffalo next week. Oh, my. Detroit at home. Right. Jaguars Thursday night at home. I'm going to be there. That's a Thursday night game? Uh, a, oh, wow. That's three you days before Christmas. Yeah. Brett, you finally, get to, be, you finally I, get to be a live reporter for the Jags. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's going to be a great week for content if... You know, I I will admit though, if the Jaguars beat the Jets, I, I'm gonna be sitting there just mad at every word I write. But you know, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. So. Thing is though, don't count out Zach Wilson completely because Mike White had one great game last year, then he didn't do so well, and then he got hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. so don't knock out Wilson completely. And it could be either yeah, this is rubbish for saying you suck, we don't want you, whatever. Or it could be a call for saying maybe we're not actually 100% towards Mike White, and we're not giving up on Zach Wilson yet. We're giving Zach Wilson some time to get back in play, to get back in the right mind of things. And I think that's the most logical plan for this Jets team. I don't think they're going to dump Zach Wilson off the street like that. I think if Mike White struggles, especially this week, and Zach Wilson's able to show in practice especially, okay, he can get better, he can show his rigmarole, whatever it may be, if he's able to get things back in action very, you know, quicker than later, and Mike White is struggling, don't count out Zach Wilson completely. I, I you make some good points there, and and you're right about the fact that you know if Mike White doesn't play well and Zach Wilson can find a way to earn the starting job back, yeah. you know, don't count him out. You know, he is technically number one on the depth chart still, but I just want to point out in the year 2001. Drew Bledsoe was the number one quarterback on the Patriots depth chart, and look what happened. So. At least Drew Bledsoe was competent, though. All right. <laughs> Good All right. God. Okay, Zach Wilson with those checkdowns. Ma- the point is that it didn't matter. <laughs> Perhaps. That's it did a- not matter whether or not he was good. I, because I who hope- did they go with for the next 20 years? I just hope you're not comparing Mike White to Tom Brady. I'm not, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. If Mike that's w- not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it doesn't necessarily matter if Zach Wilson can win the job back from Mike White because if Mike White plays well enough, they're not going and to step are, away and, from him regardless. And the Jets have been due for like a surprise star like this. Yeah. And like, a new a good guy to compare him to is Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill was not a top 100 level prospect. Granted, he had a pretty bad year this year. But, like, you know, bad second half of this year. Yeah, yeah. But he came up last year in an invitation that desperately needed help when Jake was hurt. And it just kind of, I mean, he had guys like, no offense to him, but like Jared Eikhoff is your number, is your spot start guy. Do you, do you remember Jared Eikhoff last yeah, he, year? Yeah, he, he played for the Phillies for a little while, too, didn't he? He was pretty for, good for the Phillies. Yeah, he yeah, was bad for the Phillies. He was an emergency starter. I mean, McGill came up, and he was, a, he was like, okay, we got a guy now. Mike White is kind of like a Tyler McGill for the Jets. Because Wilson didn't lose. Because uh, that few weeks ago against uh, Wilson's performance against the Patriot game, that was absolutely, the whole game was dreadful. And then, that was, I mean, dreadful is not even the word. But abysmal atrocious 
Disgusting. Abhorrent. I was vomiting. And then <laughs> I was okay. like, all right, you know what? People, what you know, a lovely picture. <laughs> people <laughs> people have, like, a lot of athletes obviously have bad games. That was a really, that was obviously the worst performance oh, yeah, of his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. When he lost to me was his post game press conference. Where he took no accountability at all. I'm like, I want him out. That's it. He Forget lost me it. when he threw a ball over Braxton Berrios' head when he was two feet to his left. I see if he. I mean, say, he lost me last season at that too. I mean, you're an NFL quarterback and you can't throw a simple check. That's one. That's absolutely asinine. That's one thing. But like, in, to sit there when you lost that game, you want to put that lost game on someone's him. And he looked the media in the eye and was like, "Do you think you?" I forget what the question was. It was like, "Do you, do you think do you, you let down the defense? Like, do you feel you like let down you're the playing defense? let down the defense?" He yeah. wasn't like, "Oh, you know, Just I don't no. know, bad day at the office." No, you know, I had a pretty, you know, I. I felt good. It wasn't connecting. He just said, no. Schmuck! Get him out! He's a bum. He's a, he's clearly not a team guy. Get him out of here. I want yeah. him out. Yeah. I do I do want to point... I am a team I do, guy. I do want to point out... Sorry, I thought I Because I feel like it's worth mentioning so we don't we don't twist the story too much, that after that post-game press conference, it, it he did make a, a statement to the media... Because he got he got text from his dad after that post game press conference. Yes, yeah, I, I saw that. And he didn't realize that what he said was was wrong, and that he that that wasn't exactly what he meant. He still shouldn't have said it. He still needed to take proper accountability. But I want I want I want it to be known that that it it doesn't seem like his intention was to completely blow off all responsibility. He just didn't respond in the correct way. I want to circle back to your point too. He didn't realize that was wrong. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's... is a red flag in and of itself. You're right, bro. That's a concern. Yeah. You, you yeah. are right that that is a red flag in and of itself. For a quarterback, not to be, I mean, as a quarterback, you're, your team is your, is your only friends. Like, no one, like, everyone hates you, and you're just trying, like, you're a seat. Like, the fans despise you. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're a quarterback, you need your team. And and to say like I let, like the defense are your friends like they're your only friends on that field yeah apart from your receivers and your running backs obviously <laughs> your your offensive linemen are your best they're also buddies. your the whole team is your friend and to sit there and go no Broncos country let's ride yeah I just can't I just I don't the I don't downfall of my fantasy team <laughs> Broncos country give me I a might, break I might be like you know like a like a a hippie like a hippy dippy guy I am a hippy dippy I'm a fun guy like a mushroom but like. From <laughs> if you're a mushroom, I'm not eating that mushroom. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> no, like. <laughs> anyway, so like, for me, the bar. If you like the margin if for any sport, goaltending, hockey, baseball, football, whatever. If you can, have, you can have the worst performance of your life. Yeah. And like, if you own up to it and say, I messed up. I apologize. I was wrong. I was I was off my game. Whatever. Yeah. You take accountability for okay. it. Okay. I'm like, okay. Like, I just feel, like, I don't care. It's like, all right, it's good. I'm already, like, over it. Right. But to sit there and just say no, and if he doesn't realize, because I did, I did hear about his dad text. I was like, what's wrong with you? And he was like, I didn't realize that was wrong. You didn't realize that was wrong? I just, it, to, to point out a NFL good, to I, don't mean, I don't mean to hone in on this. I'm just saying, this is, like, this is the root of why That's I. That's the entire point, though. To yeah. kind of yeah. yeah. point like, out a, a an example of what a better response looks like, and this is a little more dramatic, but it, it, just a better response from a quarterback in terms of taking ownership and in terms of just being a team guy. I can't remember whether it was the loss against the Colts like three weeks ago or 
or the week before, but the the Raiders had yet another heartbreaking loss. And in post game press conference, Derek Carr was emotional. He was he was on the verge of tears the entire time. He was just mm-hmm. like he was apologizing for. It. He's like it, it. He was like it just it gets you the losing. You just you just hate it. You hate it for yourself and your teammates. And, and it's like it's not. I don't want to make a judgment call about Zach Wilson as a person, say he's not a team player no, 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 or he's no. selfish or anything like that. But his response, the lack of awareness yeah. to to acknowledge that his play may have had an impact on a team or even just to not be sure. aware enough to have a yeah. team first mindset going into a press conference. Right. It it says a lot about where he's at right now. I want to stress, not overall as a person, right now where right. he is at. Because, you know, it, it, I'm with you. You want with a you. guy who's going to stand up for all of his teammates. Yeah. You want a guy who's going to take accountability and, more importantly, be a leader. Be that guy who's going to be emotional for the rest of the team 100%. after a heartbreaking and that's loss. The not role. saying you have to be emotional right, like right. Derek Carr is, because Derek Carr is Derek Carr. But, right, right, right. you know, I mean, that's just you got to be able to fall on the sword. Right. you got to be able to wield the sword. 100%. You, you just got to be able to be that guy. Right, right. Regardless of whether you're the best player on the team or not. And that is the role of a quarterback, regardless. Right. That's the job of a quarterback. And Zach Wilson's no dummy. He knows that. He should know better, obviously. But the thing is, I think from that whole situation, including the text from his father and what have you, I think in this period of time, it could be two weeks, three weeks, the rest of the season, however long it lasts, I think it'll be it'll be a learning curve for a guy like Zach Wilson. I hope for his sake it is. I do, because, I mean, and again, say what you want about him, but, I mean, is he a great quarterback? No. Is he a bad quarterback? Yeah. He's all right. I'd say he's mid. He's all His right. numbers are on pace for Jamarcus Russell's right now. Who's yeah, that? it's... Who's Jamarcus Russell? The biggest quarterback bust of all time. Jamarcus Russell know, is a yeah. quarterback that I had the privilege of witnessing in person. I thought you were going to say meeting him. I was like, whoa. Hold on. What's his name? Jamarcus Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. He was he, a first overall he, draft Raiders, pick right? from the Oakland Raiders. Yes, for, I know. Number, one, one, time, number one overall pick, 2007 draft. Yes, I know who He only played three seasons in the NFL. I was, was there to awful. Wait, I was there... When they played the Giants at Giants Stadium in 2009, yeah, he and was he was bad. as awful as they say. He I just want to say, when your numbers are on pace with that guy, that's, that's bad. No, it is, but... It's concerning. But look. Just a little bit. Look, it's concerning. A it's a bit. problem. I get that. He but also I think, wore number two. Sorry. But <laughs> I think this period of time is going to be a learning curve for Zach Wilson in many ways. The question is, let's say he gets a second chance. A, what did he learn? B, will he put that into practice? And C, truly as a whole, how is what he learned or will learn during this process truly change his game, change him as a person, and change him as a leader on the field for the New York Jets? Those are the questions to be thrown, and those are the questions that need to be answered back. So, I mean, look, look, it's a messy situation. It's a really bad look for him. It's not a good situation for the Jets. The, the Jets have been in this spot time and time again, so it's nothing, they're, they're, it's, it's nothing new. But the thing is, is that this should be a situation that Zach Wilson should be learning from and realizing that, man, I screwed up. Hopefully, I'll be able to get that chance to make it up and get another chance to prove who I am and who I really want to be for this team. 
that's the hope that you would really want to see, uh, you know, from this guy. And hopefully, for his sake and for the sake of the Jets, he is that guy, and well, that he and that he's able to really turn ship and get on track like he should be. Hopefully, that's the case. Hopefully, that's the case. Well, moving forward, let's. This is all speculation about far future events at at the at for the moment. Right now, we got a game this Sunday. New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Mike White will be starting this game, so he will have a chance to try and prove himself against a legitimate opponent oh my this week. Oh like my he goodness. did like he did last year at home against the Bengals, but he will not have the advantage of his home field well, uh his home slip film turf uh this week he they will be playing in minnesota in that beautiful u.s bank stadium and it that is going to be a tough environment for him if he can play well and get a statement win for the jets not only will that do a lot for their playoff hopes but it will also do wonders for him in terms of can he remain the starter for the rest of the year because if he has another good game against the vikings of all teams yeah, Zach Wilson's not starting again this year. No yeah, change. well, again. Not unless he gets hurt. I just want to make, and this has nothing to do with NFL football, but Rutgers football. I want to be very quick on this. Christian Braswell, defensive back for Rutgers, has just declared for the NFL draft. Oh, Ju- okay. I, nice. I just want to put that out there. Okay, that is big news. It was reported by Chris Eisman of uh, uh, USA Today Network, New Jersey, and the Asbury Park Press. He just posted this on Twitter about one hour ago. Christian Braswell, DB for Rutgers, will declare for the draft in the 2023 year. Congrats we to him wish him the best yep. of luck. Yep. And hey, hey, this recent Rutgers class from from the 2022 draft, n- not doing too shabby right now. Well, look, look, look at Pacheco, baby. He's yeah, Pacheco he's, he's is a starter. Over. Pacheco's a he starter. He's, he's, he's starter. taken over in that spot. And He's Bra- a starter on the best team in the league right now. Yeah. And the thing is, look, say what you want about Rutgers and the offense and what have you, but their defense is rock solid. Yeah. And Christian Braswell was a, such a good piece for this Rutgers and, defense. And talking about another former Rutgers defensive back, Trey Avery is getting a lot of really solid snaps with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, he, he's saying a lot of good things about him. You know, the head coach there in Tennessee. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it this, this current this, – Recent class out of Rutgers looking yeah. really good. So, you know, even if he doesn't get drafted, Christian Braswell has a really good shot of making a roster Easily. and potentially even staying on one, playing a meaningful role. Honestly, so, I I could see him know. getting drafted. I mean, he won't it, be a first round pick. It's but it's gonna be tough considering Rutgers's reputation. It's part yeah. of the whole reason Bo Melton and Isaiah Pacheco fell all the way to seventh round. Well, well, but uh, right. But whether he gets drafted or not, he will get a shot with an NFL team. He will. And I'm willing to bet he's going to be on a roster by the middle of the season. No, he year. will be. And 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 honestly, I'll one-up that. I, I I think he will get drafted. Okay. I think he will. Seventh round, whatever, I think he will get drafted. And he's, he's a really, really, really good player. And, again, for a team that was not good this year, that had a, had a really abysmal offense, their defense was really good, and Braswell was one of the main pieces mm-hmm. to a really, really good defense. I will say, if he does get drafted so. this year, I think we can put the main the main catalyst for that is Isaiah Pacheco taking over as a starting running back on the best team in the league. I can see because, that, too. Because, you know, seeing a, a year one starter come out of this current Rutgers, Rutgers class, this current Rutgers regime with Greg Schiano, that— says a lot 
about the culture there, and yeah. it's going to make teams more likely to want to take a chance on a guy from that team. That Still not going to be anywhere n- near like even the fifth round. It's going to yeah. be sixth, most likely seventh yeah. if he does get drafted because just because of the school's reputation. But but <clears> if he does get drafted, we can probably thank Isaiah Pacheco for that. Oh, of course. But and again, what a year he's had. No, yeah, and. And again, you know, we'll see we'll see how it all plays out. It's five forty seven on the on the East Coast, WRSU FM New Brunswick with the Friday crew on WRSU. Uh gentlemen, still more football, of course, happening. Not not, not just the Jets. A lot of games, of course, taking place uh throughout this upcoming weekend of sports. And uh, you know, I mean, what gets me and there, there are so many intriguing games, so many intriguing teams, so many surprising teams. Like th- this year, and and last year was odd. Two years before was odd. This year's been the strangest year in the sense that you have all these teams competing at high levels, surprising teams, and you have all these teams who were dominant last year and two years ago who are either towards the middle or just completely awful. And it's just there's just no in between. And it's been getting like that for the past few years, but this year really is the ultimate definition of that. And it's been so strange to see, especially teams like the Dolphins, be so competitive. Teams like, I mean, again, the Bills are 9-3, and three, but they've struggled this year in big ways. Um you know, you see the you see the Cincinnati Bengals, who made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year, and they had a slow start. They're they're you know they're like six and four they're, now. I believe they're seven they're and four, and they're they're getting back in the swing of things. They're currently right. they're currently in second place via tiebreaker with Baltimore. Right. So you know, again, they're getting back into it, but you have teams like the Rams who are just horrific to watch. You have the Rams who are awful. You have. You know, Seattle, who's been a surprising wild card contender. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Being better than Russell Wilson. I mean, I I wish I had hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have <laughs> n- never drafted the guy in fantasy football. Well, I would have well, never drafted any other else. Well, again, but. that too. Russell Wilson, that mega deal, he comes to Denver and it's been brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you know, and and again, a, a team like the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, post divorce Tom Brady, all that stuff, what have you. But <laughs> point is is that Oh God, the NFC South is it's awful. It's bad. It's bad. And, and the Green Bay Packers. The fact that the Panthers still have a have a, a, a slim margin, <clears throat> but a chance to win that awful division. It's shades of the 2020 NFC. Well, well, could be worse. <laughs> well, again, well, again, you have these teams that are just really bad, and Tom Brady not, not has not had a good year. He's not had a good year, and you okay, know he's not my, having a Tom Brady year, but he's having a good year. He's been all right. 14 touchdowns and two picks is not bad. He's okay. He's not having a Tom only, Brady year. Only, He's 45. Brett, only 14 touchdowns through almost 13 weeks. But he's only thrown two picks. Which, which Okay, which, which only two picks is good, but with the he's receivers 45. they have? With the receivers they have? Injuries to have pl- played a role. And, and, and putrid offensive line plays. Oh. 45. Look. At the that's end of the bad. day, that's good for a forty-five-year-old. At the at the end of the day, you're seeing teams who should be better. They're not better. And right. oh my goodness, look, look. I'm for, for the sake of society, I'm not going to rant about the Packers tonight. But the Packers have they've been brutal. It's it's it, it's been so painful. It's Jordan all Love season. season. <laughs> I don't know what season it is anymore. As long as you give me cheese, I'm fine. I don't care what happens anymore at this point. But <laughs> what's your favorite cheese, Alex? Pe- oh, pepper jack. Ooh. Well, I love well, well jack. last week it was fi- last week it was Philly cream cheese. <laughs> That's also good cheese. Ha, ha, ha. Cheddar. 
Cheddar's yeah. good. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Pepper Jack. Pe- Pepper Jack's good. That's I good. love Pepper Jack. I gotta go with that. I gotta go with that. Pepper Jack on anything? I'm I'm Maybe. a big provolone guy. Provolone's good. Provolone's good. Provolone's good. good. Jerk so cheese, you guys don't like. Um, Swiss. Oh, I don't like. Yeah, I was. I'm yeah, with the, ya. Gouda. Swiss is nasty. Yeah, yeah, Gouda's Swiss. disgusting. Goat yeah, cheese. Yeah, right. Goat okay, cheese okay. Gouda, Gouda's nice if it's with other cheese. It's not very Gouda, if you ask me. Yeah, it doesn't taste it's, very it's, good. It's, <laughs> it's nice <laughs> with but, other uh, cheese. Uh, it's nice with other cheeses. I mean, jalap. Oh, what is it? I think. Oh, what is it? I, I bought it at Acme. Yeah. It, it, it was um. Acme? What, they what, still what, have those? <laughs> no, there's one by my house, surprisingly enough. Wow. Um, I didn't know that Acme was an actual, like, not to get off topic, sorry. But, like, I, I, um, I didn't know Acme was an actual, like, brick-and-mortar store. I oh, thought, yeah. I thought it was made up for the Looney Tunes. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. There, was, there was one that far from like, my house back when I lived in PA. <laughs> I felt like uh, like Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just, like, him pointing at the screen. It's like, oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was saying, like, they, they have, like, a jalapeno pepper jack. Ooh. Incredible. Mm, interesting. Put that on every put that on all my burgers now. Ooh. But the thing is, I've been shredding cheese this year with how pa- bad the Packers have been. So <laughs> that's a whole different story. I I, I, I time, think at this point it's melting. Yeah. It's They've bad. been cutting the cheese. At, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> at this point, you have that and then You could say it's pretty grating even. Minnesota has just been Minnesota's been remarkable, and I can't stand the Vikings, but I have a lot of respect for Justin Jefferson. Again, I can't stand Minnesota, never liked them, never will. But I respect Justin Jefferson. He is such a good player, and honestly, he probably is the best receiver on on, on the face of the earth right now. Right now, yeah. And, He's and incredible. And that catch he made against Buffalo, I mean, we, we never, the game. We, we never thought a catch would top OBJ's, on but fourth that's down. the catch. On, uh, it on didn't fourth top down. OBJ's. He didn't catch it with only three fingers. He caught it double double covered, leaning back. Fourth and seventeen. Fourth I think and it was. fourth and eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, fourth Still, and eighteen. Still, it's incredible. It's it's up there. It's up there. It's, it's top two, and it isn't two. Yeah, I don't know about that. Also, before we continue, I just want to apologize for all of our really cheesy jokes. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that was right. a, that was degrading, Jake. Oh my. <laughs> anyway. Um, moving on to some of the other games. Uh, (laughs) One game I really want to talk about. I'm going to slice you up before you keep going. How about that? I'm going to slice you up a bit more. One game I want to talk about before we keep going is uh, a rematch of the AFC Championship last year. We have the the Mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs, best team in the league. Yes, I know they don't have the best record, Eagles fans. I don't care. Kansas City is better team. Uh, Kansas City, I, I Kansas City yeah, best team in the league right now against the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals who beat them twice last year. Once in the regular season at home, once on the road in the AFC championship game. So it's definitely a big grudge match for Kansas City. And especially with the Bengals being kind of hot right now. I mean, they, they're coming off of two really quality wins against Pittsburgh and on the road at Tennessee. This should be a good game. Kansas City is favored by two, and I'm genuinely not sure who's going to win. Jamar Chase is set to come back to injury. Uh oh. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Uh, yes. The winner of this game is going to win off a field goal. That's all I'll tell you. I like it. That's, That's all what I'll happened tell you. last time. That. That's what happened. That's what happened last two times. That's what happened exactly. And this, I mean. And say what you want about Cincinnati and how they started bad, but they're picking it up. And if Jamar Chase is back, that's a massive addition. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's Kansas City. They've been great all year, what have you. Last The game's in Casey. 
correct? No, it's in Cincinnati. Oh, it's at, okay. But st- the the Bengals still beat them last time there too. So the thing is, mm-hmm. is that regardless of where it's at, I think look, look Cincinnati has a chance. And I, and, and I think Cincinnati could be leading the majority of the game. I would not be surprised. I think Kansas City pulls out this time. I think they will take down Cincinnati. But again, it'll come off the foot of Harrison Bucker. Mahomes will or, probably... Or, or Evan McPherson. Or McPherson, but I think Kansas City wins. I, I think mean, Kansas City wins. I mean, I want to mention something about the Chiefs because one of the things, one of the discussions that was going around early in the season, post-Tyreek Hill trade, was that you know, people were kind of questioning if Patrick Mahomes would be able to be the same great quarterback that he's been with Hill now this season. Without Tyreek Hill, obviously, now he's on the Dolphins playing great football for them with Tua Tagovailoa throwing the ball. I think we can we, – we, we have since put that narrative to bed. Patrick Mahomes is currently the MVP frontrunner this year. I mean, he is on pace <sighs> to set the record for passing yards in a single yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Yeah, he's the MVP. Yeah. I would say that. I mean, and and guaranteed, it's hard for a receiver. I would just throw, I would throw Je- Jefferson in there just for the sake of it, because of how good he's been. I mean, he probably won't win it. I would throw him in that conversation, and I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow did get it. But probably Patrick Mahomes, it, with how good he's been all year long. I mean, yeah. right now, right now, the race is between is most closely between Mahomes, Tagovailoa, and Hertz, with. You know, you could see a smattering. You could it. see a smattering of votes for maybe Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley, potentially Kirk Cousins or Derrick Henry. Although those two probably won't. No, get not votes. Kirk. Um, the, the Vikings could potentially Justin Jefferson, but right now those are the three front runners. Minnesota's Kirk, Kirk Cousins has been Mahal. okay this year. He's been he's typical Kirk. Their hey, game, they're still he is. They're still one of the best teams in the league. Right oh, now. oh, they are, and the main reason is Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is playing good, but Justin Jefferson is carrying that offense. That's the main reason why their offense is so good. Don't forget and about their defense and is great, too. But yeah, don't forget about Thielen Cook, now Hawkinson. No, sure, but but Jefferson is the alt, is the main reason why that team is doing so good right now, offensively at least. So, you know, it's um it's intriguing. We'll see how it all plays out. Football, football, football. Plenty of football this weekend. And and, and I think we'll see how it to goes. wrap up to wrap up the final like two minutes and change, I think uh-huh. we should each give a brief prediction since he's going around meeting his suitors this weekend. Odell, where does OBJ land? I already know my answer. Dallas, Dallas. Mm. He's 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 going to Dallas. Dallas, and and not just because the Giants lost to them, but. It's been rumored for weeks. It's down to Dallas, and I don't remember who else. But it's Buffalo, it's, it's or, Dallas, New York, and Buffalo. Or, right Buffalo now. or New York, yeah. I've heard the Giants are not in it as close as Buffalo well, with he, Dallas. He he was visiting with them yesterday and today. I'm so, sure. Yeah, I'm he sure made, he made a point to visit them. First. No, he did. He did. I'm and I'm sure they had a lovely time with tea and, tea and crumpets. But the point <laughs> is this: I think it's Dallas. And when you look at that Dallas offense, you've got Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup. You've got Tony Pollard and Zeke. You have, a, you have a really good offense in a very competitive division. And Dallas needs one more receiver to put them over the hump. But Odell just remember, is that guy. Just remember, the Giants need a receiver, period. They do, but Dallas is going to be a more attractive landing spot, I think. Perhaps. I agree. It, it so will be. Is that, is and, that what you're thinking, Brett? And Dallas, no. Dallas has a better shot of overhauling the Giants in the long term when it comes to a playoff run or any type of long-term action uh, this season. I, 
Dallas is, and I like how good the Giants are this year. Dallas is a much better team. My pipe dreams the Giants, but from a from a journalist perspective, I think and, and this pains me to say it, but I think it's gonna be Buffalo. Buffalo, I see yeah, that too. I think it's gonna go Buffalo. You got a horse in this race, John? How is the? Uh, I'm gonna. This might be a little bit like a curveball. How is Seattle? How is Seattle's uh, receivers? They're they're not in the race. They're not in the no, race. For him. Money? He, he he. I don't think he's even visiting with them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's gonna be the Giants, Dallas, or Buffalo. One yeah, of those three. One of those three. But. Da- I'm, I'm gonna hop on the da- the car. I'm Dallas to me just makes Dallas. sense. It, it, it makes does. Sense. It does make sense. And I know we're in like the final 15 seconds, so I'll keep it brief. It does make sense, but I can't. I gotta go with my heart. He's coming home. I just feel it in my bones. I don't know. I think I, pal. I think he might break your heart, and I think he's gonna be. Oh, it wouldn't uh, be the first time. Being <laughs> being in cowboy boots and all of that. So with that. We'll see where OBJ does go. It's 6 o'clock on the East Coast. Thanks for joining the Friday crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick. For Jake Maystell, John Hartnett, Brett Hahn, the coach. I'm Alice Carbonati saying so long. Next up on WRSU, Sundo Tropical with Jose Gonzalez. Keep it tuned on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org.